Welcome to the Orientation in Oxford podcast. My name is Allison and I study applied theology at Regents Park College. This podcast is about what to expect from your academic life at Oxford and some of the key differences for international students from my student perspective. So I'm going to be asked some questions from James here who works at the university. So you may want to sit down and grab a pen just in case you decide to note anything down from our insider perspectives. Okay, thanks, Alison. So, first of all, can you tell me what did you find most surprising as a non-UK student when you first began your studies here? So, coming from the American system, I was used to sitting in a classroom for most of my day and most of my academic life. But when you come to Oxford, what you get is a list of books to go read in the library and to do it all yourself. So, it's very independent study. It's less structured. You typically have one to two contact hours with your personal supervisor a week. So it's getting used to being able to go to the libraries, check out your books, and just do your own writing. So it took a bit of getting used to without uh, being made to be anywhere. And some of the other things that were difficult were the languages and um, learning all the terminology of Oxford and figuring out what was going on. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Did you find the acronyms and vocabulary at Oxford quite difficult to grasp? I found them very difficult. I thought, okay, so I can't speak any other languages. Where can I go study abroad? I'll go to England. So not only was there kind of a language barrier between myself and the English, but there was also a language barrier between coming to Oxford to study for something that's so old. There are so many terms that people have to get used to. Um, but it, it doesn't take very long, about a week, and you you knew what was going on. So here we have a term system instead of semesters. We have three terms, all named for originally when they started. So um, Michaelmas, Hillary, and Trinity are all saint days, and the terms were meant to historically start on the Feast of St. Michaelmas and the Feast of Hillary and then the Feast of the Holy Trinity. So we've kept those terms even though They don't start like that anymore. But I was so bombarded with terminology that I even created my own Oxford English Dictionary for students um, coming into my MCR themselves the next year. And there's even an Oxford one on the university website, which explains the terminology. So there's a lot of these hopping around because people find it very difficult. Um, And the way that the the college system works means you have families, which are not your biological families, but your college families, and you have common rooms such as MCRs and JCRs, SCRs, and you kind of, you just have to to leap in and lean in and figure it out yourself. Um, if you're ever confused about any of this terminology, is there a resource where you can find out more information? Yeah, definitely. I would highly recommend before you get here to just Google Oxford Glossary, and it'll be one of the front pages of the Oxford website, which will explain to you all of the words and crazy phrases and acronyms that we use here. Yeah, so following on from that, who are the key student contacts here? Well, there's lots of um, people that you can get in touch with with any type of an issue. I was always surprised at how many people knew your name and knew who you were and cared about your well-being. So at Oxford, you not only have your academic tutors, people you see one-to-one, but you also have a whole college system 
that's there to help you out. You've got the graduate studies tutor, so the head of looking after all the graduate students in your college. You've got your own academic advisor at your college. And then you've got a welfare tutor, junior deans, um, and the head of your common rooms. So there's a lot of people out there who are looking out for you. Um, so if you have a problem with your course or you just want to talk to somebody, definitely start by going to your college um, and going to your welfare advisors. Um, have you got any other advice if a student isn't really sure who to approach first? So anyone can probably tell you who is best to approach. It's a very bizarre system here at Oxford and oftentimes thing run, things run in parallel and it's difficult to figure out who is best to speak to. Um, but going straight to your department, to your graduate advisor, to your academic advisor within your college or department are really easy to speak to. Um, I've personally used the student information team for pre-arrival information, which were, they were super helpful with. Um, there's also people in the visa office that are fantastic and will help you out with any of the questions. Um, and then you can go to, uh, like I said, your departments know how your course works and your colleges know how that lifestyle works. So there's a long line of people that can help you, but I would start probably with your college and then they can direct you where to go. Um, one question a lot of students ask us is, do you need to use academic titles such as professor or doctor when you're talking to staff? I'm not sure I even know the question, the answer to this question still. Um, most people will be comfortable telling you what they want to be known as, but I would say typically go by doctor or look them, just Google it and whatever is on the university website, just use that in an email. But typically they'll just go by their first name for the to the graduate students, which I found bizarre, but is pretty common. Can you tell us about a typical working week at Oxford? I'm not really sure there is a typical working week at Oxford, which makes this a really difficult question, but also kind of answers the question in and of itself. Um, the Oxford terms are quick and they're intense. Somebody once described them as eight weeks of finals week in a row. However, as a graduate student, you don't really go by the term times, but term times are more intense just because there's more things going on. So a typical work week would be getting up for nine to be in the library to work and read. You read um, in order to produce either what I would be doing is a 2,500 word essay each week and then having a tutorial with a supervisor. Um, and all of that work would be going to a dissertation or to a piece of coursework. Now, if you're in a lab-based um, subject, if you're doing MPLS or social sciences, you might be in a lab from nine to five. Um, but all that research is also going towards some piece of coursework or dissertation or exams. So people tend to keep to a nine to five schedule in Oxford, which is really interesting um, and less less uh, common in the States. So you you do work a lot, but it's it's scheduled in and it's a pattern. It's more more independent, though, than um, our international counterparts. How is your academic progress monitored during the course? At the end of each term, you get a form 
um, asking you to express how you think you're doing. And then your supervisor will also do the same. And then you'll typically have a meeting with your um, head of graduate studies in your college to go over what you and your supervisor said. This is a really good point to pick up if you have had any issues or if you haven't met with your supervisor as much as you wanted to, or if you don't think your academic progress is where it should be. Typically, students are a lot more harsh on themselves than they need to be, and they think their progression should be further along. However, <laughs> with the GSR reporting and meeting with the graduate studies supervisor, you typically understand um, that you're on the right track. But this is a really good place to, to pick those things up. So make sure at the end of the first term you fill out your GSR form. What kind of assessment did you have during the course? So I had four pieces of long coursework in, and then I had a dissertation. So I actually have made my whole entire Oxford experience without having to take an exam, which people are not too pleased with me about. But um, typically graduate students won't have a ton of exams, and if they do, they're nicely spread out. They're not too stressful. Um, and you go into exam schools and you set a written exam for a few hours. The university does run some stress-less campaigns, which are fantastic. Um, there's a lot of colleges do mindfulness courses that are open to everyone. And all the gardens, libraries, and museums do um, stress-free campaigns as well. So you can go and you can relax before you taking your exams. You also take some mock exams to prepare for those, um, which are really handy. And even for somebody who didn't take exams, it was nice to be able to go and sit and just write. Um, so DPhil students will also do a thesis and then a viva, which is where you have to orally defend your entire thesis um, and what you've been doing for your DPhil, which is sounds really intimidating. And it is a bit intimidating, but it's also really exciting to be able to recognize how much work you have put in. Yeah, what, one question I did have is, if, is a lot of international students ask us about the grading structure and the, the differences in that. The grading structure here is completely different than anything I had experienced back home in America. I came and received a mark on my first piece of coursework and thought I had almost failed, but indeed I had actually done really well. So you can't come here expecting to get a 98 to 100. Um, a 70 is is a distinction. It's very, very good as a first class degree. And a 65 is a really good mark. So you can't expect to be getting the same numbers that you got back at home. But um, and, and indeed the same amount of written feedback. But don't be afraid to ask your supervisors or, um, or your college or course for some more written feedback as it is really helpful especially for things like collections and coursework, to be able to produce those longer pieces of work. One point I, I should mention in your work and your assessment is uh, being really careful with your referencing and also being mindful of plagiarism issues. So there's a very useful page on the Oxford Students website where you can look at um, help, helpful information about referencing and also understand a bit more about plagiarism. Can you tell me a little bit about how the feedback process works in getting comments from your supervisor? Yeah, so it differs in every 
individual case, depending on who your supervisor is, what your course is, and what the work you're actually producing is. So my experience is completely different than one of my peers in my course at a different college and one of my peers in my college doing a different course. So I specifically asked my supervisor for more written feedback and specifically putting it on my my Word document online so I could I could track it and see what was going on. Um, but for the more official pieces of coursework, you might not get your feedback for two to eight weeks. So you do have to wait. They haven't forgotten about you like I thought they did. Um, you don't have to send tons of emails. You will get your information back. Um, and you can ask to meet with your supervisor after to kind of decode what the comments were. Um, did you t- undertake any training whilst you were on your course? So I, some of the most useful bits of training that I did were on um, teaching. So I did some teaching training, which I then was able to go out and do um, some access work and go up north to some schools and teach kids that wanted to go into theology. Um, I also did some really useful training on ethics forms and curec and um, some good training on uh, citations and how to use the citation software, um, which was really helpful. There's tons of courses, though. I was really overwhelmed by all of them and wanted to take all of them, but um, you do have to pick the ones that you're actually going to use, and they're super useful. And what do you think is the value of an Oxford degree? I just think, I think Oxford is an invaluable degree. I mean, the personal growth at Oxford is second to none. Um, The ability to learn how to learn is is incredible. You're not being handheld and pushed through a curriculum like you are necessarily at other institutions because you are treated as an independent thinker, somebody who can figure out what is needed to be said and what is prioritized and do it and get it done. The critical thinking level and the engagement with being around people who are dedicated to their subject creates this incredible interdisciplinary community that really fosters um, a traditional and classic style of learning where you're just learning all the time because of who you're around. And I just don't, I think that's, that's amazing. Can't find that anywhere else. And then finally, is there anything you wish you'd known with hindsight before you started here? That is a big question. So there are a lot of things I wish I knew, but if I knew them before, I wouldn't have grown as much as I did. Um, I think the one thing I wish I would have known is how many formal events there are. And so I wouldn't have bought as many clothes as I did once I got here. So there are a lot of formal events and they're fantastic, uh, but you do have to dress up for them. Um, I wished I would have known that I would have gotten into rowing as much as I did because I would have done some more preparation for that uh, when I was younger. Uh, It was fantastic and everyone can join in. Um, I just loved walking around the city and being part of a history that is still going on and still producing world-class research um, and has been since it was created. So that in itself is just, it's sometimes it just hits you when you're walking down the street um, and you realize it's the same sidewalk that C.S. Lewis was walking on, even though you're writing a paper about him the next day. Um, and so 
while hindsight is nice and it's it's a nice rose-colored lens, I'm not sure that there's anything I wish I would have known because I wouldn't have discovered it. Okay, well, um, thank you very much, Alison. That's been really interesting. Thank you so much, James, for letting me share my experience and help prospective students. Thanks for listening to the Orientation in Oxford podcast. My name is Allison. If you were interested in any of the things we talked about, there will be links in the show notes on the website for you to check those things out. Um, And if you're curious about what happens socially while you're here and not just sitting in a library all day every day, then listen to our Social Essentials podcast to find out more about your life here at Oxford.